Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. All right, welcome everyone. Wherever you are in the world, whenever you are, whatever your situation is, we are delighted and honored by your presence. Every week we try to give you a little something to think about, a little something to challenge you, maybe get you out of your box, and a little something to apply that maybe uh, will make your week a little better, maybe every once in a while your life a little better from now on. So we hope we're doing that. Today we're going to be talking about, um, are you missing something in your life? And if so, what is that? Because in my experience, most people feel they're missing something, but what they're really missing is not that. So they're focused on the wrong thing. And I'm going to try to share with you what those things are, how you can get refocused, and how that can make a big difference in your life when you are not missing what's most important to you anymore, as maybe you are now. So, welcome. All right. Um, when I was, uh, I don't remember exactly, 12, 13, 14 years old, I was uh, somehow bamboozled into preaching at the church where my family uh, worshipped. And uh, I say that because uh, I, I did not want to do it. It was really scary for me. Uh, little did I know how scary when I walked out there to that podium, uh, I really kind of felt like I was going to have a heart attack because an old memory was coming up for me and being reactivated that was one of the most uh, significant traumas of my life. Now, I had no idea what it was. At that moment, I thought it was just I was scared to be speaking. But that's rarely the case. It's, it's usually connected to an early memory, one in your unconscious, even something generational that you don't know about. Okay? And that's and that's what happened for me. But when I finally um, was able to say what I had planned to say, 
I, I kind of told uh, a story, and you probably heard this story. It was not original with me then. Um, uh, in fact, I've, I've heard it a number of other places, probably before then and after then. But the gist of the story is that there was a young boy or girl, in my case a boy, and uh, an angel or a wise old man or woman came to the boy and said, are you happy? And the young boy said, well, I'll really be happy when I'm not a kid anymore and people don't treat me like a kid and I can do what I want when I want. Years later, in college, the boy is now in college, and the wise old person comes to the boy now in college who is over 18 and legal to do most things and says, all right, you're, you're an adult now. Are you happy? Well, you know, I'll really be happy when I get out of college and I can, uh, you know, really start my adult life. College is still kind of preparation. So the wise old person comes back on a after graduation. Are you happy? Well, you know, things are, things are really kind of a struggle now. I'm sort of, I don't have much money and I can't really afford the kind of house and the kind of car and to go on vacations and the clothes that I really would like to have. So, um, I'll be happy when, you know, my career gets established and I've got more money coming in and you get the idea. So about 35 or so, uh, the boy is in a job making good money, uh, nice car, nice house, nice vacations. Are you happy? The old person comes back. Are you happy now? You've, you've got what you wanted. Well, you know, life is just so hectic and busy and, and wow, it's just really stressful. I, I'll be happy when I'm a little bit older and things sort of slow down a little bit. The old person comes back when the boy is 45, 50, 55, something like that. And sure enough, life has slowed down a little bit. Uh, the boy is now in charge of other people and making even more money. And are you happy? Well, you know, I'm, I'm really sort of tired. Uh, I've been doing this for 20, 30 years now, I'll really be, I'll be happy when I can retire and just sort of relax and uh, do anything I want and, and the day will be slow and easy and peaceful. The wise old man comes back at retirement. Are you happy? You know... I really wish I was young again. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it, that's maybe kind of an extreme example, but in other ways it's not. Uh, most of the people I have known, most of the people even in my own family have lived their life that way. I, I believe I was well on the way to living my life that way when life sort of... Uh, hit me like a two-by-four between the eyes and knocked me flat 
and I hit bottom at about 27 years old and reevaluated everything in my life and made some new commitments, made some major changes, and have for sure been on a completely different path in my life from that time. But what I find is that doesn't happen to most people. Most people, they either don't ever completely hit bottom, so they still feel like they have too much to lose to change, or even when they hit bottom and say they're changing, they revert back to their natural programming from their family, um, their genetics, their growing up years, etc., and so most people at, at some, at almost any point in time in their life feel like something's missing or they have the question, am I missing something? And, and wrapped up in that is kind of this notion of I'll be happy when. Okay, well, if you noticed in the example uh, about when I preached that sermon when I was a, a child, virtually every single thing the boy said all the way from being a child to retirement was about external circumstances, life circumstances. Where do you live? Uh, how much money do you make? What, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of clothes do you wear? Who are you married to? How do they treat you? Uh, where do you work? Is it the job that you really want to have and it's fulfilling? External circumstances. I'll be happy when. Well, when you're living your life that way, there is always something missing. I, I remember one time in my life um, when uh, uh, everything was going great. A and I literally remember saying, uh, I had just won a, uh, uh, a major tennis tournament. I went to uh, college university on a tennis scholarship, played all my life. Um, I had just won an even bigger badminton tournament. I was better at that than I was in tennis. Um, I was uh, uh, dating someone that I was really thrilled about. Uh, and I, I literally remember saying, I don't think my life can get any better. Okay? You probably felt like that a time or two in your life as well. Well, Guess what happened? <laughs> Out of the blue, unexpectedly, I got a big chunk of money that I had not been expecting. That, that was a total surprise. So, you know, within 24 hours of saying, I don't think my life could get any better, it got better. So, if I had known about that, okay, sometime soon I'm going to be getting this big chunk of money, 
and I had thought to myself, okay, could my life get any better? I would have answered differently. I would have said, oh yeah, it's going to get better in a few days when I get this chunk of money. But because I didn't know about that, I said, I don't, I don't know that my life could, be, could get any better. Most of us feel like something could always be better, and very often we feel like something's missing. And that's why we buy things that we don't need. We spend time, lots of time, for most of us, doing things that do not really contribute to the spiritual health and happiness of our life, like watching six hours of mindless TV every night, like doing habits and addictions that we know are working against what we really want for our life, whether it's the way we eat, or what we read, or what we watch, or what we think, or the, or, or the way we treat people, okay? There's always something that is missing. Well, think about this. You can't have and want at the same time regarding the same thing. You can want it, which means you don't have it, or you can have it, which usually means you don't want it. But you can't do both at the same time about the same thing. So, would you rather want or have? And this is a much bigger spiritual issue than maybe it seems on, on the surface. Because out of having comes gratitude, thankfulness, contentment, uh, fulfillment, patience, delayed gratification, etc. Out of wanting comes instant gratification, not being happy and content, and, and all the negative emotions and thoughts and feelings and beliefs and habits that go along with that. Okay, so I would say one of the things I'd like you to think about this week regarding this issue is in the, in the things of your life, do you have or do you want? Chances are, if you want... Now, there's exceptions. If you're in a life-threatening situation, of course, you want to be out of that and safe. I, I'm, I'm excluding that. I'm excluding legitimate fight-or-flight situations in your life. Okay? But almost anything else, if you're in a spiritual place of want... You are discontent. You are not really happy. You're thinking, I'll be happy when? Like the story I told in my sermon as a, as a young boy. And very often, when you live a life of want, almost everything in your life revolves around want, 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 rather than having. Okay? So that is one shift I would encourage you to pray about, 
to use uh, Trilogy Memory Engineering, Rapid Eye Stress Release, the Love Code on that issue so that you can get to a place of having and being grateful for what you have rather than always wanting, which leads to more wanting. Most people go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. I feel like something's missing. Oh, I'll get a new boat. So you, uh, for a year, are looking at boat magazines and online at different boats and talking to people about boats and you're fantasizing about it at night out on the lake with your new boat and how wonderful that's going to be. And then it virtually never lives up to the expectation. So a year after you have the boat, you're like, okay, that didn't do it for me. Uh, now I'm going to think about a new car or I'm going to think about a new job. Or, and, and, and of course, there's times you maybe need, should get a new job in order to do what you love, what you feel called to, uh, a better opportunity, things like that. But you don't have to want in order to make that change. You can still be grateful and appreciate what you have while you take steps to do the thing that you believe is, is better, more healthy for you and your family. But most people don't live that way. They go from want to want to want, always feeling like something's missing. And the problem is, in most cases, something is missing, but it's not, your, it's not in your external circumstances. And again, I'm excluding life or death, fight or flight situations, but typically that's not the people I'm dealing with, okay? They're not usually in a life or death situation. They're just unhappy or depressed, or angry, or have a health problem, or something, and don't know how to solve it. We have become tricked through thousands of years of devolution in our memories into believing that what we want comes through our circumstances when that is virtually never the case. What we really need and desire comes from our internal circumstances. It comes from the spiritual. It comes from, are you choosing love or fear-based selfishness? Are you living in joy or sadness, hopelessness, and helplessness? Are you living in peace or anxiety and stress? Are you living in patience or anger and wrong goals and irritation and frustration, okay? Well, if you're experiencing the negative, nine times out of ten, it's because your focus is on the external, not the internal. There's a law of externals and a law of internals. The law of externals is a black hole. The more you feed it, the more it sucks up and drains your energy, and suppresses your immune system, and all that sort of thing, okay? If, you fo if your focus is the internal, and trying as best you can with God's help, with using our tools uh, through prayer, through meditation, through intention, of as best you can in the present moment 
staying in a place of love, joy, peace internally, regardless of what's happening externally, and giving the end results, your circumstances and expectations up to God or love, that those are two totally different ways of living. One leads to peace, one leads to anxiety, stress, health problems, broken relationships, and really, usually a similar scenario to the sermon I preached, where at the end of your life, you're filled with regret because now you realize what's most important, but you're out of time. So today, I would encourage you, ask you, beg you (laughs) to to join with Johanna and I on that road less traveled, that one in ten or one in a hundred or one in a thousand choose to live from the present moment, to live from your internal circumstances and the law of internals rather than the law of externals and your external circumstances, to live from a place of having rather than a place of wanting. And I think, I think you will be absolutely shocked at the monumental difference that makes in your health, your happiness, your relationships, everything. Um, I like, uh, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite uh, actors, along with a whole lot of other people. And he was in a movie a number of years ago called um, Joe Versus the Volcano. It was one of his quirkier movies. It was a romantic comedy with Meg Ryan. And um, I'll never forget, he was talking to this, uh, this, that, this uh, young lady, and they were just talking, sitting in a car, looking out over... Los Angeles from above at the pretty lights. And the girl was sharing with him that really she wanted to kill herself. She wanted to commit suicide. She didn't want to live anymore. She couldn't take it anymore. Her life of, and if you'd seen the movie, her life of very obvious I want and externals and 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 trying one thing, one external circumstance after another, trying to make her happy and nothing worked, including money, etc. And what Tom Hanks's character said to her has always stuck with me. Um, he said, uh, he, he said, well, if you're, if you're so miserable that you don't want to live anymore, then why not try what you're most afraid of? What you're most afraid to try? which for her was leaving Los Angeles and starting over kind of on her own to live her own life instead of being taken care of by dad and living in luxury and, and all that sort of thing. And, and so her response to him was, leave Los Angeles? I mean, I could never do that. That, that is so risky. I don't remember the exact words she used. But then Tom Hanks' character responded, and here's the quote, playing it safe is just about the riskiest thing, may, may be just about the riskiest thing a person like you can do. 
think about that this week. Playing it safe may be the riskiest thing you can do. And what I'm talking about is spiritually, I'm not saying you uh, sell everything or give everything to the poor or move or, or make any significant changes, but I'm, I'm saying when I'm talking about today as far as risky is giving up the externals, the external circumstances of your life as the thing you're looking to to make you happy, healthy, successful, complete, giving that up to God, giving it up to love, and focusing on love, joy, peace in the present moment, regardless of your circumstances, and the end results are not up to me, so I give them up. And sometimes they'll be what I want, sometimes they'll be what I don't want, sometimes it'll just be different, somewhere in between. But here's the rub. Uh, Dr. Dan Gilbert, in his wonderful book, Stumbling into Happiness, based on original research they did on the campus at Harvard, and the culmination of that study was this, a direct quote from Dr. Gilbert, expectations are a happiness killer. And the reason he said that is they found that, it, that the instant you have one of these external, something's missing, I need a new car, I need a new boat, I need a new wife, I need a new... As soon as you have that as your goal, it spikes your stress. If you're already stressed, it shoots it through the roof. And from that, the spike stress comes just about everything that we would call failure. Health problems, broken relationships, unhappiness, negative thoughts, negative feelings, negative brain chemistry and physiology in your body. On the other hand, when you give those expectations up to God, to love, and your focus is just in the present moment on love as best you can, the stress melts away here come positive emotions, positive feelings, positive physiology. Your immune system starts working the way, the miraculous way that it's capable of, etc., etc., etc. But there is that moment of risk. There is that moment of stepping out on the limb and saying, okay, boy, I've been living my whole life this way and I'm going to I'm going to change. I'm going to start living by the law of internals instead of the law of externals as best I can. You'll never do it right, but as best I can. Love is the greatest risk of all. Why? Because when you truly love, you make yourself vulnerable to more pain and less pleasure as opposed to seeking pleasure and avoiding pain, the law of externals. But the rewards are beyond words. You have to experience it. You, you really can't even describe it to someone. But as I've helped people do this for about the last 20 years, 
the way my clients tend to describe it to me is, you know what, this isn't really what I pictured when I made this change, but I know it is what is perfect for me and my life, and I would never go back. So how about you? Is there something missing from your life? And are you trying to fill it endlessly with something that can never satisfy it? If so, maybe the riskiest thing, maybe playing it safe or by continuing to do what you've been doing is the riskiest thing 